0: Hey Brandon. Hey Alan. And welcome to D6 Minutes. This is the podcast where we roll the die and whatever comes up we'll talk for that many minutes about a random wargaming related topic. So what's on the docket today?
1: So I was actually talking about thinking about what we've been doing lately which is not too too much. I think like more looking at things and like learning about things. So, My question is what have you learned? About like the miniature hobby lately. Ooh,
0: what is something I've learned about the miniature hobby lately? All right, roll it up and see how long we're going to talk about it for. All right, four, four minutes. What have I learned lately? Um, that uh, despite liking painting miniatures, um, <laughs> actually playing games with the miniatures is a huge incentive to uh, paint i didn't realize how much of an incentive it was for me to go and paint the i guess it's also the social aspect and everything but yeah. i always wondered why like some of our friends who don't really play that much don't end up not painting as much
1: because yeah, there's so much time exactly You're
0: like, you don't you don't even go play don't, don't you have more time but it's like it's when you are not playing like that's such a huge incentive playing going out with people and like playing with the miniatures, that mm-hmm. without that, I find myself – like I still paint, but I paint a lot less than I would. Also, I got addicted to this video game, which is a very bad idea, and I'm like trying to wean myself off of it.
1: So you realize that without like enough incentives, you just go back to your old ways, or you go back to like the easy road?
0: Um, it's because I want to play games every once in a while, and then because oh. I picked up this video game that I'm playing now – i thought i i'm incentivized to look into that video game instead of doing this painting thing that i like and actually overall i would like more if i could also play like the the hobby is the thing that i really like not just the painting right painting i would still do even if i wasn't part of the rest of the hobby but i would do a lot less apparently but because i could yeah that element taken out
1: with that element taken out like it's kind of almost the foundation of it is being able to play
0: the game. Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's the feedback loop that makes me paint more that makes uh, me do these things. And because I've replaced that with this video, these video games to play games, right. I'm not, not playing games. I'm just playing different games. I don't have that reinforcing incentive to then on my other time go and uh, paint. So I don't know. It's kind of, yeah, kind of sad and basically I just need to cut out the cut out the video
1: game. <laughs> just, see, see, nothing else to do yeah i've kind of realized i wouldn't paint display pieces unless there were shows to show them off at i i wouldn't do them for myself just like oh i've done this really thing myself. i wouldn't
0: okay paint them. for me display pieces are almost like the opposite I, i would paint the display pieces not the opposite but like the display pieces i would paint myself and in fact without games to play i feel like that those few times that i do you end up picking up the brush and paint? It's not it's not a few, but it's like relatively speaking, it's those few times that I paint. I'm much more likely to want to paint display pieces because I have no game to play with, right? I'm
1: okay. definitely not
0: incentivized
1: to paint up like thirty orcs, I'll give you that though. <laughs> okay. Well, There's since no since the since the troubles began in twenty twenty, I think I've painted a frost grave army and two infinity armies. And none of them have <laughs> played with. There's a sk- skirmish game. Yeah, it's not that yeah it's, you
0: stuff. know what? It's better, though, because a Frostgrave army and two Infinity armies, they're the size that looks good on a shelf. Um, the problem with my, like, Warhammer 40k orc army, or even my Elder army, is it's, like, too too big, right? It looks good if you have an entire table to lay it out on, but if on your shelf, like... I don't know, that's like a really big-ass shelf that you have to, to lay it all out on, right?
1: And I don't have that space, especially yep, with so all my all other me, miniatures. Yeah, the so one minute we have left of the topic, but I think about wanting to paint display pieces to show off. I've known that for a long time, but I guess what I learned mm-hmm. lately is that with that's spray priming, often I would just spray prime things and then go right to painting them. But that's after doing some more tests with different primers this week, I realized that you should really wait a whole 24 hours before handling them. Cause they become so much more resistant to scratching after mm. full 24 hours. Like if you paint them gently, the primer's fine, which is yeah. what I would do before, but really you should be waiting the whole 24 cause they might look dry, but it hasn't properly cured and gained its strength.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so, supposed to be, a- as they say with the primer, it's, it's like dry to the touch in an hour or two, but to truly that. harden, it takes 20, usually they say 24 hours.
1: Yeah, a lot of them won't list that because they don't want you to think, oh, i got to wait for so long. You you could do something with them in an hour. Yeah, you could. You just got to be well, more risk Yeah, that's you right. You risk damaging it. So that is what I yep. learned after my tests this week. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so there we be, go. I'm to, have to throw it away somehow uh, because I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You can
0: use it for whatever it's supposed to be used for. I don't know, painting guns or some shit? Who knows? Oh. Um,
1: I've oh got those primers already. Anyhow, all right. You have a topic you want to bring? Uh, yes, to yes, I do. Uh,
0: so, uh, in the news, uh, Frostgrave uh, Second Edition is coming out, and actually, by the time this podcast is put online, it's, it's it might have already been released. I think, so, I think they said the
1: twentieth of August, twenty
0: twenty. Yeah. So, by the time we this one released, I don't know when it's coming out, but it might be after the twentieth. So, but. Uh, In that case, in any case, um, whether or not it's coming soon, uh, my question is, uh, what is your favorite wizard type? And feel free to expand this outside of Frostgrave if you want and just get a generic kind of idea of a wizard. Or you can just keep it within the Frostgrave types of 10 wizard schools. All right,
1: well, Frostgrave. Wait, we've got to roll dice first for for a minute. Three. All right. Yeah. So Frostgrave First Edition, which the creator, Joe McCullough, pretty much knew, is had some unbalance between the different like wizards. But some of the spells were clearly better. So I was more inclined to just use the wizard classes that could move stuff around just to pull the treasure towards you because the whole game is to get treasure. Mm-hmm. So I kind of skewed it. But I think if I had the choice, like I like the oh, whole wait. idea. Yep.
0: So, so you chose your wizards based on spells, not exactly the theme of the wizard. Well, I guess the theme is pulling stuff around.
1: Yeah, the theme is I didn't want to lose all the time. <laughs> <laughs> your, your favorite wizard
0: type is the one that wins.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right.
0: But yeah, go on. Sorry
1: for interrupting you. So- oh, I only have a minute and a half. I'll give you a minute and a half. But I like the whole idea of being able to like raise creatures which I should have known. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've had we've, we've gone through this on other podcasts. But in Frost, yep. you like build constructs, you can summon imps, and you can raise like zombies and shit. Yep. So I was playing the one for bringing imps onto the board, which I forget. I think, I think it's witches, but I might be mistaken. Summoner? It was, yeah, it was probably Summoner, one. right? Demons, yeah. Summon them over next, not, not quite next to your enemies, but close to your enemies, and they would just like uh-huh. harass your enemies. And they'd be like, oh. Yeah. I thought I was clear and you're like, no, yeah. but so that was, that was super fun, but like there's a limit on how many you can summon at once. So I think like if there was a class like the necromancer, they could just summon more and more things. I don't know. There's no class that there's, can summon more and more things.
0: There's always no, a maximum.
1: So I like the idea of being able to summon more. So the necromancer classically just summons more things. okay
0: so in general the idea of the necromancer summoning undead hordes to attack your enemy kind of thing yes okay that's that's your favorite kind of wizard even though technically there's because the game like there's limits to it in Frostgrave. although you should be able to like if you're an overall summoner i think actually summoner has the most things you can summon yeah but but yeah but you like the idea of summoning a whole bunch of weak weenies that makes sense all right.
1: So I've taken 2 of the 3 minutes, you've got 1 left.
0: All right. So my favorite wizard type <clears throat> is for right now, uh it's the uh it, it changes all the time, but right now I like the one that the wizard that uh is able to predict the future, like a soothsayer, fortune teller, that kind of thing. Just the yeah. kind of idea of like Not direct power, but like the idea of basically knowledge is power, right? That kind of thing is really interesting to me and and fun. And the way that, and especially when you play on like war games where (laughs) they translate that knowledge is power into um, power on the tabletop. Uh, I like Mm -hmm. that kind of, uh, I don't know, mechanics and feel of the character. So I think that might get be-
1: even better in second edition because Joe, in one of his videos he released about the second edition changes, mentioned that even when some people picked up treasure, there was the potential that another wizard could turn that into fake treasure.
0: Oh, yeah. That's cool. Fool's so, gold. That, I think that's, that's the that's illusionist, it. but yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, yes, yeah, so I like those, those. Yeah, sorry? They're aligned.
1: So as the soothsayer, you could probably make use of it.
0: Yeah, the, totally. Like, if I can do that, that would be that would be awesome. That's the kind of thing, like the the predicting things and like saying oh i knew you you were going to do that kind of thing i like the idea of um the Oh idea of you have fallen into my or you have activated my trap card that is uh that's i don't know that's fun
1: yeah all right do you want to go for the last one or I'm trying to figure out what i've nah, got you can here. do it. well it might not We've done four and three. No no, 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 My second one's all right. I kind of like this one. All right. Let's go let's for it. Go for it. All right. So we've been talking about new editions coming out quite a bit lately. Yep. Lots and of new editions came, coming out. Yep. So when the new editions come out, they come with books usually. Yep. And my thought or my question, I guess, is in what cases do you actually want the book, like the physical book? Because often there'll be digital releases, there'll be online rules, mm-hmm. but – what makes you want the actual hard copy of the book? All right, let's roll this up. All right, there's a prior to your press dice, and it rolled the skull, which is a six. So, we've Ooh, six. To- so this is
0: the last question. Yes. All right. Um, so for me, uh, TLDR, it's the pictures. <laughs> it's literally just the art. Ooh, okay. uh, I, awesome. I would say... Uh, but, the art is, is one of the main things, but it's not just the art. And the art in all senses of kind of the word uh, is, is what kind of makes me want to have the book overall. So got, the just, pictures and the, the stories the and things like that. The thing that would make the book a good coffee table book actually on my coffee table, I have a bunch of rule books just sitting there that are just pretty that you can kind of look through, flip through that kind of idea. That's why I want a book, right? So I can yeah, just, you sit just sit can't and do that. Exactly. or let's, It's harder. I don't have an iPad. Maybe, maybe if I kept my iPad on the um, coffee table, then I would, I would be like, oh, there's no point to have the book. You just flip through your iPad and you see these beautiful pictures. But to me, that's Mm -hmm. what kind of draws me in. I like that kind of feeling, Uh, looking looking it over. Mm -hmm. It has a more, it it lends itself to the entire tactile nature of the book. Just exploring it. As opposed to when you're actually playing a game, I often find for the rules, it's just faster to pull out your phone and just search it, especially if they have a wiki.
1: Yeah, because I was thinking about the question about whether like, if the rules are super complicated and deep, like, and there's tons of rules, whether you want that hard copy of the book or Mm -hmm. whether like for, obviously for a lighter game, like the rule book becomes less and less necessary because you read through the rules. They're like Mm. 20 pages long and then you got it. When the rules get longer, like you start thinking about the hard copy, but even then you really don't, like once it becomes your game, you're probably not going back and just reading the rules on a constant basis. Probably but you would go that. back for the art
0: to look at the pretty pictures, to look at the yeah. story, appreciate those things, soak that in, right?
1: Yeah, you can always... like. It's always fun to go back and read it, and maybe you don't consume the whole thing all at once. I usually tend not to consume my books all in one yep. sitting. For Bench it, yep. It's different for novels. Like novels, I'll just read the whole thing as fast as possible, but with game books... I'll sort of, like, do a tidbit here, a tidbit there, not necessarily in, like, the whole order. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the yep. works for a very cool part of that. Even, hmm, i trying to think. Maybe if the missions are in the book, then you kind of want to have it around, because often, often, like, you, you'll memorize the rules, but when it comes to a mission, you and your opponent both want to be able to read it. Like, for the Infinity uh, Tournament, the ITS missions, mm-hmm. I've tended to print them all off and then bring them to the game store to leave there for everybody to mm-hmm. use just because having both players see the mission and like there's often diagrams on it that are kind yep. of like art. They're a little difficult to see on your phone. So yeah, if the just from
0: said, size, like, yes, that's right. Yeah, from a
1: readability perspective, I find having the missions as a hard copy is really, really good.
0: Yeah, I think that makes that makes sense. And, and, and that's a good point. Um, how do you differentiate from pamphlets that you print out right like a mission set to uh you know buying a rule set is it basically the same thing in some ways it is you're right like i you're 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 right that i want the references and in some ways the missions right because there's usually a lot of them and there have specific rules for that mission uh it's good to have those things printed out at the time so it's an easy way to, to look them up and
1: and especially, not you especially to
0: memorize like there's no point them in memorizing them because you're going to use it
1: a couple times and then not come back to it for ages. Yeah, and because
0: a mission is a uh, like a few sets of pages that you don't want to memorize, it's actually often easier just to have those pages there than it is to search search up like a rule set, right? Whereas if you're talking about the entire rule set, which is like 50 pages, that becomes very unwieldy to get information. But when you're when you you look at the small piece of information, which is a, a mission which is usually one or two, three pages, it's actually quicker to have the three pages printed out and just look, look at them. Because you can look at all the information basically at one time, almost almost all the information at one time. And so it actually becomes uh, easier looking at a large page or a bunch of printed pages than
1: a wiki. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, if there's a lot of missions, I think it's worth having a book. But there's only a couple. I think I, think I just prefer to print them off myself rather than carrying around a whole stack of rules, true profiles and all that. Along with the missions in the back that if I only yep. need the missions I'd prefer to have them by themselves. But if there's a nice big packet of them, then it's kind of cool to have a book with them all. Which makes me think of Frostgrave, because Frostgrave just releases books that are basically full of missions. In which yep. case missions I missions mean, monsters, yeah. I would rather rather own like the Frostgrave expansion books than the rule book itself. Oh, that's a interesting point. And just have the table, because you roll up the monster table and you roll up other stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's not something you use in the middle of the game. Well, well, the monster table is, but I'd rather just have the couple pages you need in the game yeah, and not the book. That's true. To refer to you
0: can literally or... just have, like, small reference cards, honestly, for for the the basic monster tables and stuff like that.
1: Yeah.
0: That's a good point.
1: So, mission books are cool. So, you're one minute away, and I think on the note of your first first discussion about the art in books being really cool or it can be really cool. There's no guarantee. It's going to be good.
0: But <laughs> that's right. If it's bad art, then, or, or not laid out well, it's not great. Mm-hmm. Or you've just, they reuse the same art over and over.
1: Never seen that done in 40 K, but.
0: At least the art in 40 K is very nice though. That's one amazing. of, honestly, that's one of the selling points and why I would often buy the books. But then I often wish, wish like when I bought the Aldar book, I'd almost rather have it be a coffee table book just with like units, the name of the unit, art, the art of the unit and a blurb, and then just beautiful spreads of, of uh, Eldar art. And then, and Mm -hmm. then in the back pictures of miniatures, just spreads of miniatures. I'm like, that's actually what I want for this book. And then for the actual rules of like to play, I'd rather have them on reference sheets that, I don't know, maybe if you want to keep them, just keep them like separate from the book in the back as loose sheets or something in a su- su- supplementary small pamphlet. Because literally, you, like in this modern day and age, you're always updating and referencing them, right? Yes. Whereas the art I book, you can
1: keep forever. Yeah, I think we've gone through the six minutes, but I think you convinced me just on the note of the art that I do want to buy the Infinity and four books. Oh yeah? Like that, I think that might be the tipping point because just like yeah. having the visuals of the world is really cool yeah
0: and and to be fair like like i think i mentioned this before um for the n4 one i just want the updated book art book and maybe i'll get rid of the n2 books honestly because yeah, oftentimes there's going to be like overlapping information right just like every single book in in 40k it has overlapping information but mm. if the newest one is like the new shiny beautiful thing then i'll keep that get rid of the old ones if it's not then uh maybe i'll keep the old books but I might end up just keeping the uh, art, like the storybooks. Like N3 was kind of cool in that they had a storybook and then they had a rules book. And I thought that was great. Which, which is
1: what they're doing again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then, like, literally, when N4 comes out, you can literally throw out the rules and keep the art story and art book.
1: Well, they put some pictures throughout the rules. So.
0: I know, but like, to me, you have a new
1: set, it's fine. So I thought that was cool. All right. All right. Well, we have three long topics, so that uses our yep. 10 minutes of this D6 minutes edition.
0: Yep. Uh, this is. Uh, oh, do you have any requests
1: of our listener or oh, Yeah, if they, if they have more, like, if they have books they think are really, really nice for games, maybe mention those. Or they do a really yep. good job producing the hard copies of the books.
0: Yeah. Go find us on uh, Facebook or go to our website, it's everything.com.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, this has been Alan.
1: It's been Brandon. Bye. All right. One more thing. So if you enjoyed that podcast and want to listen to more, you can find them over at diceovereverything.com or uh or on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to leave a comment message or ideas for like more podcasts from yeah, us, or just get in touch with us at Facebook and look for dice over everything there. All right. Bye.